X-Ray. Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. I'm Emily Gilliland from Portland, Oregon, and it's Monday, June 14th. Today, back in the day on June 14, 1919, the first successful transatlantic flight began from near St. John's, Newfoundland. The flight was piloted by British Captain John Alcock and Lieutenant Arthur Whitten Brown. Flying a modified Vickers Vimy airplane previously used as a long-range bomber in World War I. After leaving Lester's Field in Newfoundland, they arrived in Clifton, Ireland the following day the total flight time of 16 hours and 27 minutes. For their achievement, they were greeted as heroes upon returning to London, receiving Lord Northcliffe's Daily Mail prize of £10,000 from Winston Churchill, who was at the time Britain's Secretary of State. Soon after, both men were knighted by King George V at Buckingham Palace in recognition of their pioneering achievement. And today, back in the day on June 14, 2001, the United States ended bombing exercises on the island of Vieques, Puerto Rico. The bombings had been occurring since the U.S. Navy's expropriation of three quarters of the island in 1941, forcing its residents to live on a small sliver of land. The decades of munitions launches from ships and planes, paired with the island's rental for weapons testing by private businesses, led to a 27% spike in cancer rates among the residents. On April 19, 1999, the Navy accidentally dropped a 500-pound bomb on David Senes, killing him instantly. As a private resident of the island working on the base, Senes' death prompted immediate protests from activists who entered the restricted zone. On April 21st, 15 boats of protesters arrived to construct Campamento Monte David, the first of 14 encampments meant to push the Navy base from the island. The base was officially closed in 2003, with residents still fighting for the removal of the Navy's toxic remains from the island. This campaign of civil disobedience led to over 1,000 arrests and the largest political demonstration in the history of Puerto Rico. Today, we'll start with your quick six news headlines. And we have an interview with Molly King, co-director of QDoc and curator of Pride Picks, happening June 16th and 17th at Zydell Yards. X-Ray. First up, it's time for today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. Portland State University announced its campus police department will be fully unarmed come September. This goal was originally supposed to be met sometime last year, but the university was not able to do so in time. The original announcement to make this change came after university police shot and killed Jason Washington, a black man attempting to break up a fight on campus almost two years ago. But PSU President Stephen Percy announced on Friday that the campus public safety team has committed to beginning unarmed campus patrols before the start of the new term. Task groups will be working all summer to examine campus safety, specifically in the following areas community engagement, frameworks for campus safety, the physical environment, responding to individuals in crisis, and welcoming and belonging. And by September 1st, campus police will finally be making good on their promise. In a statement, Percy explained, quote, I am encouraged that when we return to campus this fall, we will continue to co-create a just and welcoming community for all students employees, and visitors. 
And now your daily dose of data. Over the weekend, 32,612 vaccine doses were added to the state immunization registry. To date, 4,204,231 Oregonians have received at least one dose. That puts the total percentage of vaccinations for the eligible population at 67.4% in the state. Since Friday, two more counties have reached vaccination milestones. Both Lane and Clackamas counties have 65% of the eligible population vaccinated with at least one dose. This means they can move into lower-risk restrictions. That makes seven total counties that have passed this benchmark, leaving 29 more that are still working towards this goal. Regardless, though, Governor Brown still plans to lift restrictions once the statewide milestone of 70% vaccinated is reached. Oregon's sole glass bottle recycling plant was fined a million dollars. The reason? According to reports, the plant has been breaking air pollution laws. The fine was issued by the Department of Environmental Quality earlier this month. Quite literally, every single glass bottle recycled by Oregon's bottle bill passes through the Owens Brockway facility in northeast Portland. And environmental advocates say it's about time the plant is examined with more scrutiny. Recently, the group Neighbors for Clean Air released a statement saying, quote, This disregard is a clear issue of environmental racism, given the proximity of the plant to Cully, one of Oregon's most diverse neighborhoods. To date, the plant has said it is reviewing the announcement of the fine, but cannot comment on pending regulatory or legal matters. Oregon lawmakers will consider new stimulus payments for essential workers. The proposal would see payouts of up to $2,000 to essential workers who continued working through the pandemic. And separately, unemployed Oregonians who return to work in frontline jobs by fall would be eligible for a $1,200 payment. The effort comes from labor leaders and Democratic lawmakers eager to use funds from the latest federal stimulus bill to reward these crucial frontline workers. In total, the group would hope to use $450 million of the total $2.6 billion the state received. The proposed bill includes 17 categories of eligible essential fields of work, such as healthcare, law enforcement, education, food, energy, and residential shelter work, to name a few. Importantly, those who worked remotely for any of these industries would not be eligible for these payments. The proposal is expected to face serious opposition as budget priorities are discussed in the final weeks of the legislative session. Nonetheless, leaders of the bill remain hopeful, largely due to the Democratic control of both legislative chambers. Portland officials say they will have to remove a bust of York at Mount Tabor Park. The bust of York, the only black member of the Lewis and Clark expedition, mysteriously appeared in place of a toppled statue in the park earlier this year. Since then, it has been vandalized twice, once in March and again last week. Recently, Portland Arts Program Manager Jeff Hawthorne explained that the statue will need to come down eventually. Quote, it was always intended to be temporary, so we can't accession that sculpture the way it's currently constructed into the public art collection, Hawthorne said. That's because the statue is made of wood and urethane, not bronze, meaning it will not weather well. But as long as it does not pose a danger to anyone, Hawthorne says it can remain. 
Likely, it'll be months or even years before that happens. To date, there is no plan for what might replace it. There's a new documentary short film festival in town, and they're looking for submissions. It's called Scoop, and it's brought to you by the Portland Mercury, The Stranger, and the folks behind the Hump, Slay, and Spliff Film Festivals. Any documentary submitted must be 15 minutes or less, but beyond that, you're encouraged to embrace your own voice and creative vision. Educational, journalistic, humorous, poetic, any and all documentary styles are welcome. Submissions will be eligible for three different awards, Tenderest Truth, Scrappiest Shoot, and the grand prize of Biggest Scoop. To learn more, head to scoopfilmfest.com backslash submit. And that's today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. X-Ray. During Pride Month, events are happening that bring us together to celebrate the wins for the equal rights of our LGBTQIA plus community members and highlight the work that still needs to be done. Here is Molly King, co-director of QDocs and a producer for the upcoming film, film festival Pride Picks. More info on this festival happening on June 16th and 17th at Zydell Yards is at portlandpride.org. It's June, which means it's Pride Month. And after a long year without in-person celebrations, Portland Pride is back. Things might look a little different this year, but all over Portland, members of the LGBTQ community are finding new ways to celebrate and, of course, thrive. One such celebration is Pride Picks, a queer film festival put on by QDoc. Here to tell us more are, is the event director, Molly King. Molly, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks so much for having us on. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. I always look forward to June. It's such a time of hope and togetherness and community. What does Pride mean to you? Yeah, absolutely the the same. You know, it's been a, a, a challenging 15 months for so many. So I think, you know, we're just excited to, to gather and, and celebrate and, and, and be together and um, pay homage to the trailblazers of times before and um and and just and acknowledge acknowledge the month that is pride yeah yeah well tell us about pride picks you bet yep next week um wednesday june 16th and thursday june 17th at the lot at the yards on uh, portland south waterfront we're having two days of queer films so we've got uh, 12 different films six feature lengths and uh, six shorts. And we are going to sit outside in socially distant feeding pods and enjoy some local food and beverage and watch some, some queer films on the, on the big screen. Fantastic. And, and what sort of impact do you hope to have in hosting this festival? What do you want people to feel and think and do based on their experience? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, really the like broad overarching theme of the the films you'll see at Pride Picks is is seeing your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And um I think that that's what, what Pride is about. So hopefully people walk away with um you know, a little balance of empathy and, and, and entertainment and a, a chance to, to gather safely and um watch watch some films on the big screen. 
We've also got uh, DJs providing entertainment in between. Um, we have a live set of music um, taking place uh, for the the film the 7:30 film on on Wednesday night. Fanny, the right to rock, and so there'll be there'll be surprises and fun, and hopefully just people have a chance to get together and 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 celebrate Pride. Mm. Tell us about your your relationship to film and sort of what brought you to this work. Well, my wife and I run a, a documentary film festival called QDoc Film Festival, mm-hmm. um, which has been happening for the last 14 years, taking a little break during the time of COVID. Um, so Deborah Porta, who is the executive director of Pride Northwest, approached us late last year and said, hey, you know, we want to we want to put together maybe um, a drive-in film festival or some sort of um, some sort of film event, and can we talk about doing that together? And so that's how that's how Pride Picks came about. So Pride Picks is 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 a mix of both documentaries and narratives, and so it was a it was a chance for us to program something outside of our normal documentary range and um, work with the fabulous folks at Pride Northwest to, to put together some important stories to, to screen for our community. That's fantastic. And of course, queer cinema has has such a rich history from Hollywood's pre-code movies that portrayed gay love when it was still taboo to golden age divas like Marlene Dietrich and Joan Crawford to the transgressive and experimental films of Kenneth Anger and John Waters to the more mainstream hits of this century. Why do you think movies have been so influential for queer communities over the years? Well, I think it's just really important to see ourselves represented on screen. Mm. And and Pride is so much about visibility and um, particularly, you know, marginalized folks having representation. So I think the importance of film is to is the importance of telling our stories, just like the importance of pride is to keep telling the stories and the origins of pride and how this happened that pride was a protest mm-hmm. um, and that uh, um, we won't be forgotten if if we are not invisible so mm-hmm. to, to share these stories on screen to gather as a community um, and to keep telling those stories is really important mm. what movies have had a particular impact in your life Ooh, good question um. Yeah, what movies have impacted your life? Mm. You know, it first comes to mind actually a television show for me because uh, I was just finishing up um, Pose. Yes, and I think that is some of the best TV that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and so I'm really uh, this week is hard because I'm so sad that the <laughs> that the show is over and I've not oh. I've not made it all the way through the the finale to be honest. But um, that's what first comes to mind for me is that show. Yeah, you bet. I think. Oh, I want to circle back on that question. Yeah, because, of course. You know, there, there's there's so much rich history in in, yeah. in queer cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much wonderful content that's coming out today as well. So mm. I think, you know, you're exactly right. The importance of, of revisiting those, um, those past films and then continuing to tell those new stories. Mm-hmm. And as you think about the, the festival next week, any particular highlights that you want to share with the listeners? 
Yeah, you know, we're we're really excited about all the films, uh-huh. um, and I think you know the the film on the film Swan Song that opens up on on Wednesday, June sixteenth is just this queer road trip story about maintaining your passions and your identity regardless of your age. And I think it's just a a really fun way to kick off um, kick off Pride Picks. Mm-hmm. Um, so really excited about that film. Um, and uh, really looking forward to Wednesday night's film, Fanny, The Right to Rock. It's this really energetic documentary that um, trying to light on, on this untold story of a Filipino-American and queer garage band mm. um, called Fanny. And there's going to be some surprises in store at that particular screening. And there's a local connection there with Fabi Reyna, of she shreds media, who's one of the film subjects. Um, director Bobby Joe Hart attended uh, PSU and has some Oregon roots. And um, I'm really proud of the fact that a lot of the films that we are screening have have Oregon connections. Mm. So I think that that's to, you know adding to that sense of community is that that sense of connection. So proud of that. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I could the the list goes on. Um, Really looking forward to to screening my first summer, which is a Australian narrative that's uh, a coming of age drama about um, loss and, and friendship and love, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and oh, yeah, we're just we're, we're thrilled with the lineup, and, and I hope the folks in, in Portland will be too. Oh, fantastic! Can't wait. Uh, this is Emily, and I'm speaking with Molly King, executive director of QDoc, and hosting the film festival Pride Picks. So, obviously, this is a festival coming out of a pandemic. Pandemic mm-hmm. is still not over. What was your approach in planning this event, knowing that safety is uh, of the utmost importance? Yeah, you bet. Great question. You know, um, Pride Northwest has a relationship with the folks at Fuller Events um, as their logistical partner. And they also run the lot at Vidal Yards, which is mm-hmm. the venue for Pride Picks. And they have been so mindful of safety precautions needed for the moment. Um, from, uh, from, And so everything that went into the planning of these events was with the strictest regulations possible so that we could scale back. So everything is already planned for, um, planned for, for tough restrictions. And then we can ease back as, as the government regulations allow. So what went into that is timed, timed entry and exit. Well, sanitization takes place between each of the screenings. Um, There's three screenings a day and there's two hours in between to have folks exit and uh, sanitize uh, in between. Um, there are, uh, again, socially distanced pods. So those are all, and that will still be in place uh, next week as well. Um, and uh, sanitization stations throughout. So um, it was very mindful, and the, and the folks both at, at, at Pride Northwest and the Fuller Events folks have been wonderful and, and overly cautious in approaching uh, making a really safe um, and still fun event for everyone. That's awesome. And where can folks find out more information? You know, they can head to head to 
2.filmfest.org slash pridepicks or head to the lot at ZL Yards, which is the lot zlyards.com and click on featured events and see a whole calendar of events that are happening there on the waterfront or at uh, Pride Northwest site uh, backslash pride. So q.filmfest.org slash pridepicks or the lot at ZL Yards or the Portland Pride site uh, via Pride Northwest. That's fantastic. I mean, we started this conversation talking about hope and possibilities. You're you're really launching all of that through this festival. And as you even think beyond the festival, is there anything you're excited for in the film industry as we emerge from this pandemic, as theaters start to reopen, as as all of the streaming services have evolved over this last year? What are you looking forward to? I just been looking forward to the creativity. I think that I'm just so inspired by how folks have responded to this moment. I mean, this has been a, 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 a extremely difficult and challenging time for so many, yet so many amazing things and inspiring things have emerged, like from a content perspective or from people thinking outside the box. How can we bring entertainment to the masses in a, in a safe way? Uh, what does what does the future of streaming look like? Um, will we, you know, um, so I'm hopeful with all the creativity and also hopeful that, that folks like, you know, our amazing independent theaters that we have here in, in Portland, um, too, and watching their creativity and in, in offering streaming, streaming opportunities for their audience and, and now safe opportunities for people to, to gather back in theaters again, because there's, there's nothing like sitting, you know, with with your folks inside the theater, and so I'm I'm inspired with the creativity and uh, the way that, that folks have been thinking outside the box in terms of how can we how can we safely gather um, whether that's virtually or together and what that looks like in the future. Yeah, and any specific plans for QDoc that you want to share? You know, it's it's still unknown at this point, but we are um, we are hopeful that that QDoc as a festival will return with our partner, the Hollywood Theater, um, um, and hopefully that's this year. But if not, it certainly will be in the future. Um, and then, in terms of of Pride Picks and 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 events that maybe are not documentary specific, um, we're looking forward to seeing how this goes, and hopefully we can we can do it again. Fantastic. And Molly, again, how do folks find out information about Pride Picks? Yep. If you head to uh, qdocfilmfest.org, there's a pop-up um, that'll take you straight to um, a, a Pride Pick summary of, of films and lineups and ticketing information. You can also head to the lot at Zidell Yards or Portland Pride site via the Pride Northwest. Excellent. And you can also find us on the socials as well uh, via it, Pride Northwest socials or um, at QDoc Film. Excellent. Molly, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Happy Pride. Thank you. To you too. To you too. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Cheers. That was Molly King, Executive Director of QDoc. You can find more information about Pride Picks and QDoc online at QDocFilmFest.org or go to Pride Northwest to find out more information about all the events that are happening with pride.
Thanks to Molly for joining The Local, and thank you for listening to The Local, your hometown in just about 30 minutes. And thank you, Democracy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. X-Ray.